Hello, I'm Fabrizio Poggi from Italy, and you're listening to Talking Blues. How are things in Italy these days? Oh, pretty tough as everywhere in the world. Uh, but we try to to live uh, with the same old passion, especially in uh, the world of music, uh, because uh, the last two years were very, very, very difficult uh, in any country, and, and of course uh, also here in Italy. But you guys were hit really hard. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, we were the first, so we have to deal with something that nobody know very much about it. Uh, so we made a, a lot of experiments, uh, trying to dealing with the, with the virus, and of course, if you don't know something mistakes are, are always around the corner so uh, we had a lot of troubles but I think that uh, we also learn uh, something from our mistakes uh, I don't want to say it too loud because maybe it brings hard luck but I think that most of the Italian people uh, now know how to deal with the virus. Uh, so try to, trying to be safe, trying to be to to have the vaccination and trying to to wear the mask and it's tough because there are there are few people but too many that they they don't wanna they wanna have uh, their freedom, uh, but probably they they don't know the real concept of freedom, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, how how did it change you as a person going through all this? Uh, and and I also I wanna uh, I wanna add, uh, excuse me, uh, Meco, that our region Lombardy, which is in northern Italy, was the worst with the with the virus with a lot of deaths. Many, many people died from the coronavirus. Also, our uh, doctor, a lady, a lady uh, died in the first month of the pandemic. Having gone through that, what, what have you learned about yourself? Oh, I think that I'm pretty similar to everybody. Uh, when you When you find that uh, your life is no more for granted, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. But you learn how to enjoy people, the people you love, uh, the things that you get. I, I think that uh, pandemic, in some way, taught to me what blues music taught to me over those years. To be simple and humble. 
more than ever because life can be very fragile. You're about 45 minutes south of Milan. Yes. Is it, have you lived there all your life? Yes, yes, yes. I was born here in, in, a, in a small town called Voghera, Italy. Here I, I passed uh, the whole life. So how does a young kid from, from a small town in Italy get to the blues? Oh, that's, that, that's a pretty interesting question. It was hard. I have my blues epiphany the night I saw Paul Butterfield playing Mystery Train in the movie The Last Waltz of the band. Right. And, and, and those nights was my first meeting with Muddy Waters. And, and, and from that night, my life changed forever. That's what, uh, for my generation in, in the middle of 70s, usually uh, we met the blues through the British artists because we don't have the the chance to to really have records from the originators. So most of blues came from people like uh, John Mayall, Eric Clapton, the Rolling Stones, and uh, and from there, it, it, it was maybe nowadays it seemed a little strange, but when i discovered the blues there were no computers google youtube or musical instrument also books about blues about and everything was very very difficult to find it was hard very hard it took me something like six six months to learn something that today a kid can learn in one day and also with the English language was the same. I never studied uh, English at school. I always make a joke uh, of it, but really my English teachers were Muddy Waters and Howling Wolf. <laughs> and this is very true. <laughs> so when you, when you saw Muddy Waters on The Last Waltz and Paul Butterfield, um, what do you think it was about what they did that affected you so much? First, for example, when I saw Muddy Waters, or, 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 or putting it in, in, in another way, I saw this old black guy that most of my ears treated like the king of the world, the emperor of the universe, because I didn't know him. I, 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 at the time, I knew Van Morrison, I knew Eric Clapton. I, I didn't know nothing either uh, about the band itself, or I knew Neil Young. So I was seated in, in, the, in, in that little uh, movie theater and, and, and asking myself, why all those uh, rock stars treated him like something very big and... Then Muddy Waters started to sing I'm a Man. Just for the first two words, I was jumping out of my <laughs> chairs with my mouth open like, like the 
wolf in the cartoons, no, you know, with the mouth. <laughs> What's that? That's cool. That's that's something I never I, I never heard something similar so 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 deep, so visual, so uh, something that that come from probably the roots of the world. Uh, and, and I was hooked from the first. Uh, then I had the. Uh, the, the chance to see Paul Butterfield and, and, I, never, and I never heard an harmonica uh, with that sound and that power and so uh, uh, the next day I went to to a store in this, in this small town village in northern Italy asking uh, I would like to buy an harmonica to play the blues and and, and the guy at the desk to say, I, I don't know what's blues is. We have some harmonica, and uh, I, I don't know. I can say, sell you this and say, but do you think that I, and I don't know nothing about the blues? Try and and I try and try, and after six months, nothing happened. When you say nothing happened, nothing happened. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I will be. What do you mean? Nothing sounded, nothing sounded like something close to the blues. The right, note okay. that came from my harmonica, I tried to imitate what I was, uh, what I listened to the old LPs, and uh, I said, "Oh, so uh, now, nowadays it seems maybe a little strange." But uh, at the times after six months, I was uh, close to quit because I have this thought that in Italy they didn't sell the proper harmonica than the musician play in U.S., Canada, and Great Britain. That's why, and I, and I was and I was ready to quit. Said, okay, they. They don't send the right harmonica here. That's why I I I can't learn. Hey, no, so no, no. I also left at the time. It was and to finish the story. One night, uh, I went to see a rock play, a rock band in my neighbor. They also play uh, some blues, and and they have a, a great. Uh, they had a great guitar player, and at the end. Um, at the show, I I approached the stage. I wanted to congratulate with him, say, "You you did a great job. You 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 played great." And, and so I went to him and and he asked me, "Are you a musician too?" Well, <laughs> I would try. I had this this harmonica, but you know, in Italy, they don't sell the right harmonica play the blues. <laughs> no, no, no. Your harmonica is not, it's nothing wrong. It's, it's because you have to approach the instruments in a certain way. And this guy wrote some simple uh, information on a, on, a, on, a, on a napkin at the bar. And the next day, I, I try it something happened. It was like seeing the light, you know. 
Wow! It sounded like the blues. I was very far uh, from to play the blues. <laughs> I'm very far also now. But uh, uh, and but this story uh, tell you and our listening how hard because no one in my village, no one may may be uh, at the time uh, at the end of the seventies. There were an harmonica player in Milan and an harmonica player in Rome. That may, may be they went to England to, to take some lesson or, or to have some information. And of course, everybody was uh, at that time were pretty, pretty jealous to, to share uh, all the secrets. So it was very hard, and also and also to find recordings. I still remember in 1982, the first time I went to London. I went to a store, and uh, and I I asked him, "Do you have uh, some uh, some records, some LPs from uh, an American uh, harmonica player called uh, Sonny Boy Williamson?" And and the the guy at the desk oh yes we have the world discography yeah <gasps> the world discography <laughs> so, I, so I, I I was like in the movie theater with the mouth very open and and with the, and I was in, in in real paranoia because I I I don't have the money to buy the world discography so I was asking myself Fabrizio now which would be the right recording to start, <laughs> and so it, it it was hard. Oh, but also to know uh, the name of the musicians, uh, to arrive to Muddy Waters, I had to read a, lo a lot of interviews of British uh, musicians, and sometimes so. But uh, also, if I, if I went to some friends, said, I, I, "Have you ever uh, heard about?" Uh, Musician called Howling Wolf. No, I don't think so. Uh, which kind of music? I think rock, blues, something like that. But I'm not sure. Uh, so I always use. Uh, at that time, you have to have a lot of passion, and also, <laughs> so, uh, also a little of obsession, because you have to be very strong. Because uh, Everything seems to be hard to uh, to achieve. So it was a, a long, long, long path, and every time it was a big discovery. And and of course, a uh, discovery bring me to another discovery. And uh, but it was very slow, very, very slow. And uh, sometimes now that. I go to America, and uh, sometimes I try to explain to my uh, colleagues in music how hard it was. But I understand that it's 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 another worse thing. They they wouldn't understand. Yeah, different times. I, I wonder. So when you went to the states, yeah, is the first time that you went to the states? Was it when when your band recorded? The, the Netherworld album? Is that the first time in like 1997? No. Or had you been to the States before, before then? Before, before. Yeah. I started 
to go to the States with, uh, with my wife Angelina in the early 90s. But just to visit what I dreamed for all of my life, the musical city, from Memphis to Chicago, from New Orleans to Nashville to New York to you name it. Tell me what that was like. Tell me about going to the U.S. for the first time after <laughs> dreaming about it, after hearing all that music and after being influenced greatly by the blues and, and, and I presume many other genres of music. But tell yeah, me about yeah. going to the States and, and, and witnessing and, and experiencing America as you had never seen before. It was really like another world. Like if if we were on the other side of the moon. Uh, from, uh, of, of course, the first time that when a European uh, comes to the States, he, he finds himself completely into a movie. Because uh, we know America through music, but also through, through movies, through Hollywood. So... Uh, you, you you are just speechless because you seem that you are that that sometimes comes the director and say hey you don't know we are shooting a movie why are you are here no I'm just arrived at the G, JFK uh, I don't know where uh, it's, uh, this is not my language I I remember the first time that me and Angelina we went to New Orleans and uh, I know that you are familiar but. Uh, but in South the United States, they have a completely different accent. Right. And I, and, I, and I just remember the first day at the desk of the hotel. No one can understand us. <laughs> <laughs> we, and we didn't understand them. I, 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 I just remember entering in this hotel and, and, and the lady at the desk asked to us, Hey, how are you doing today? What? What is it? I what does it mean? Uh, and, and and the word gentleman close uh, close to us from New York is said, Oh, she just got you how are you today? Ah uh, we didn't expect that uh, so but it was uh, when I went uh, to the record store, to the to the bookstores, I found uh, everything I have dreamed for all my life, uh, much more than that day in the London record store few years before. And it was I, I spent a lot of money because, also because I didn't know if I couldn't get back to America. Hmm. So say so I have to buy all now, and I still remember. Uh, the guy at the desk of the Tower Record about something like one hundred CDs. Wow! <laughs> yeah, of course, I, I discovered also the used CDs. <laughs> that to me in Italy was pretty rare to find it also new. Here, he has also a bargain. <laughs> so it was like Disneyland. It was like Disney. The first time we went to New Orleans, we went to the Jazz and Heritage Festival in New Orleans. So uh, there, there, there were all the roots of uh, the roots music of, of all the Americas. So to us was uh, 
really like like a child uh, in Disneyland, very excited. We don't know how how to look. I, we were so. Ah, ah, ah. Can you listen, my? Uh, it, it was something incredible. And every second a dream come true. So it's uh, it's something overwhelming. And and we also discover a very peculiar thing. The most of uh, my heroes, musicians that I I really love uh, from my youthness, uh, when I have the chance to meet them, just to congratulate with them, were, were really very simple people, very approachable people, no rock stars, no... And so I also discovered that choosing to follow that kind of music also gave me the chance to meet and, and sometimes start a relationship with most of my heroes. Many you had a chance to work with. Yeah, that's uh, something expected. Uh, still today, <laughs> I always make a, a, a joke and say, Oh, Fabrizio, you know, I'm sorry that Guy Davis and you uh, were beaten at the Grammys uh, by the Rolling Stones. And I always say, you know, if, if not for the Rolling Stones, no blues, no Fabrizio here at the Madison Square Garden. So it, it was like to challenge my father, my fathers at the uh, at the Grammys. And so uh, just just to say that if I I had a big poster in my little room in this small village in uh, northern Italy uh, of the Rolling Stones up on, and if one of my friends came to my to my house, to my home, uh, and say, you know, Fabrizio, that one day uh, you will play together with an African-American uh, musician and you will challenge the Rolling Stones at the Madison Square Garden in New York City. Say, hey, man, <laughs> don't tease me. It will never happen. It was really uh, the best of the best of my dreams. I thought that the, the language barrier and but for years, I I thought that I couldn't be credible as an Italian playing the blues. When when do you think you you became credible? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know because I still I still uh, have. <laughs> I'm not so sure of myself, but I have some experience that gave me. I remember. Uh, one night in Mississippi, uh, uh, we were playing in a sort of join me and, and, and a friend, uh, an Italian friend playing guitar, and they were just black people. And during the intermission, a very old lady, it was afternoon, a very old lady came to me, grabbed my my arm. And whispered, hey man, you touch my heart. Wow, that was something. And I, and I was speechless. I said, oh, thank you, ma'am. And going back to the motel where we have our, our sleeping bed, <laughs> I, I was sitting uh, in, in the back and started to cry. And all the people in the car said, 
Fabrizio, why you are crying? Because, oh, you don't know. But this afternoon, an old black woman in that place gave me the right to play the blues. Uh, I told them, if there is, if there is a, a university of the blues, that woman, and probably she, she didn't know that I was Italian, she didn't know where is Italian, Italy, but probably she gave me a degree in blues music. So that was a, a big, uh, big achievement because I said, this old woman probably listened to music for all his life. So uh, if he came to me and said that, Amen, you touched my heart, grabbing my heart, my, my arms. That's something special. When you were growing up, who was, other than watching it on, on the movie screen, who was the first blues musician you got to see perform live? I, I, I don't have the chance to, to see any uh, blues performer live. I just have recordings, nothing else. And so, uh, when I saw for the first time uh, Sonny Terry or Sonny Boy Williamson uh, on my DVD player, I started to cry. Because to me, they were just a picture on an LP. Mm. I didn't know if they were tall or, or short, how they moved their hands. It was just something that I have in my mind, but I never had the, the chance. It, uh, it was until I was 25 years old that I saw an old bluesman playing, uh, playing the blues live on stage in Italy. If not, uh, also, also because uh, living in a small town, it was not so easy to go to the big town to see concerts. I, I, I would try, but at the time I worked uh, in a factory and working in shift. So sometimes I worked at night and, 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 and it was uh, pretty expensive. So uh, you have two choices. Spend your money in recordings, spend your money to go to a big city and see a concert so you have to to take decisions so, so uh, that's why also uh, uh, to go to America for the first time I, I, I remember me and Angelina looking at the, at the newspaper the first time in, in, uh, in Memphis or, uh, or New Orleans looking at the newspaper and saying hey tonight there is Dr. John play here. And look that his other playing there. And then the Neville brothers. And then this. All in the sa at the same time. Wow! In just one night. <laughs> that was incredible. And my, and my passion grew. Most of the musicians uh, that I have the privilege and the blessing to play uh, with were my heroes, and, and now they are my friends. Probably they felt how much I was inside the American roots music. Once uh, a musician told me that uh, he said, 
Fabrizio, probably your English is, is not perfect, but you feel American music sometimes much more than some American musician than I know. Probably because of, of, of the hard road that you have to take that built in you something strong that, uh, because since the beginning I learned one thing, that it was not just the music. It was the story of a people. It was uh, the story of a culture that was behind the songs. So if you want to be uh, yourself and not an imitation, not an impressionist, uh, you have to know what are you playing about, no? if, if you know what I mean. I apologize sometimes my English... Uh, is. No, 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 no need to apologize at all. <laughs> so I'm curious as to, so, so you spent your money buying blues music yeah. and, and roots music. You started a band in Italy yeah. playing around and you did some recordings. Yeah. What was that scene like? How difficult was it for you to be in a blues band in Italy based out of a small town? In a small town, if you want to play blues uh, in you can't really find blues musician. You have to, uh, in some way, to uh, deal with uh, people that like rock, and they decide also to give you a try. You know? So it was hard to put together. And also, at a certain point, to have uh, a, a recordings uh, was uh, just just to find gigs, uh, just just to be, in some way, considered. Uh, Credible band, a serious band. You have to be, but it was also also hard. At the time of, of my first uh, recording in Italy, uh, they recorded just pop music. So I I still remember I went to the studio with thousands of CDs, and 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 I said to the engineer, uh, that's how we like the guitar, that's how we like the drums, that's how we like the piano, the harmonica, and blah blah blah, and he looked at me and said, ah, no, that's, that's my job. Don't worry, Fabrizio. <laughs> at, the, at the end of the trip, it was, it was like if, if, Madonna, if, 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 if Madonna or another pop artist, which I uh, respect, wanted to play the blues with a completely different sound, you know, mm -hmm. then that's why we save uh, a lot of money and we went in Texas to record our first American CDs because we always have this doubt. Who, which is the uh, the fault? Is our fault or is, or is the sound engineer fault? Mm. This record doesn't sound no close to to the record uh, we like that we buy, you no. Know? So we went to the exit. We we are the sound engineer, uh, a producer, and and we discovered that uh, we both have something to learn. The sound engineer and the sound uh, and and the musicians, uh, and, and and it was a, a great experience. We we grow a lot, but not also as musicians. And that's something that sometimes people ask me also today. Sometimes uh, journalists and radio people ask me, Fabrizio, 
what do you, did you learn on stage abroad in the states and say ah and i answered often i learned a lot on stage but most i learned a lot backstage because uh, a lot of musician musician gave us um, a lot of very uh, great uh, advice they, they were very generous and also they were not shy to to tell you your mistakes uh, they were always very honest sometimes a little brutal but <laughs> uh, but you know we child sometimes we have to be <laughs> But but in a very short period of time, I know it doesn't seem short to you, but in the 90s, you try to record something in, in Italy and you're not happy with it. In 97, you go to Austin to record your first, I guess, American album. But within 10 years, you're now, you've gigged in the U.S. a number of times. And now, you know, within, shortly after that, you're playing with the Blind Boys of Alabama, Garth Hudson, Charlie Musselwhite, Eric Bibb. How does that happen? Well, it was always little by little because I I began to play in U.S. with with some American musician and so I went back and forth. Then some musician came to Italy and I went there and they invited me to sit with them. And uh, I don't know... uh, They like me. <laughs> it's hard for me to, to, to explain. Uh, I want to tell you something macro pretty interesting. Something like uh, in Munich. Uh, ten years ago, I went to in Germany to sit with a couple of tunes w- with the Blind Boys of Alabama that uh, I have learned uh, a couple years before. Uh, anyway, uh, uh, after the show, I was seated uh, at the bar drinking something with the, um, the oldest one of the blind boys, Jimmy Carter. No? And I say, between me and you, Jimmy, what do you think of an Italian white boy that wants to play the blues and the spiritual? And he answered me something pretty, pretty fantastic. He said, Jimmy said to me, you know, Fabrizio, I was born blind. So they explained to me how, how it meant to be white, black, yellow, green, Italian, Swedish, American. And I tried to, to imagine something, but he has not a lot of sense to me. You know that when you come and play your harmonica, I just think, hey, that's my little brother Fabrizio. I don't think other things. And there was a big lesson. It was a big lesson. Just how many cages, how many prisons uh, sometimes we have in, in, our, in our mind. And they say, you are one of us. So stop to ask you if you have or you don't have the right. It's... Uh, and probably also did because I, I always tried to be respectful about the music and the musician. And and probably <laughs> now that we are talking, I, I remember I was touring in Belgium with Guy Davis 
and uh, and we had a TV show, in, uh, and and the journalist uh, at the TV show asked uh, to me. They said, "Why an Italian and uh, an African American together uh, playing the blues?" Uh, why uh, explain me the reason uh, behind uh, the project and, and it was a million dollars question so <laughs> I, I thought to myself ah i don't know it's happening <laughs> but uh, i was pretty smart and and i said um, i don't know uh, ma'am ask guy and guy look at my look at myself and say so fabrizio you are why an Italian? And say, hey guy, nobody's <laughs> <laughs> And that was also another. Uh, sometimes I'm so used to my American friends that I don't really think that they are American uh, because uh, when we play, we. We really speak, uh, I know that seems corny, but we really speak the same language. So I, it's beautiful and it's the miracle of, of the music and the blues. I, I, I think that the blues really is a, a miracle. It's, uh, it's something that it doesn't matter where you were born, it doesn't matter the language you speak, uh, it doesn't matter the color of, of your skin. The blues really is an international uh, language uh, and that's something uh, really unexpected to me when I was 16. Tell me about the blues scene in Italy now. What's it like? Well, uh, there are... And, and now it's a little difficult yeah, because I, I, of the I, pandemic. I don't know what you mean. Well, consider that I, I, I have been outside Italy for most of the last 10 years because of my blessing part of my career, of my blessed part of my career. But, you know, there are a lot of uh, young musicians, but very young, that wants to play the blues. Uh, and they are all fantastic. Mm -hmm. Maybe uh, sometimes they... Uh, they don't want to leave uh, what they learn, no? and so they they follow, they they model, uh, their, their models. They they are uh, sometimes also the American accent. I, I remember the the the, the ones we were listening uh, a band opening. I was playing with Eric Bieber at that time. There was uh, an Italian young band opening for us, and Eric. Look at me, said. The singer, he's singing like a, a sharecropper from Mississippi from the 40s. I said, oh, when, when they learn something, they learn precisely, you know. And uh, in fact, Eric said, this is spooky. <laughs> <laughs> no, but there is just a, a little problem. And I, I'm, I'm really sad about it. I'm really glad that the uh, young people want to play the blues uh, and so and so but most of the young people that play the blues don't go to the other musician concert and that's really a, a, a pity 
because when I started to play the blues, I went to other fellow Italian who played the blues, uh, not only to learn something new, but also to be supportive, to be, you know, uh, what I mean, to be part of, of, of the family. They always complain, they say, but we have just all people at the shows. Because how many shows of uh, young Italian band you go to see on Saturday night? Well, <laughs> when I don't play, I go to the movie theater. Now you understand why you have just... Uh, because the old people, they go to the concerts. So it's, it's pretty sad. But uh, there, are, there are a lot, a lot of people, especially after bands uh, like uh, Black Keys or North Mississippi All-Stars uh, and people like them, they became uh, pretty popular here in, uh, in Europe and in Italy. And uh, they toured a lot uh, all over the country and they made a, a lot of uh, followers. I can say that the blues is alive and well in Italy, but we don't have an audience, we don't have crowd. So some some of these uh, young band uh, sometimes uh, nobody comes to to listen to us. So maybe uh, we can uh, transform ourselves in a Queen copy band. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about the Harmonica Award, the Lifetime Achievement Award you got from Horner. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, also, that was uh, really unexpected. But may, maybe it's because when I started to go to the U.S., I bought a lot of books about the blues, about the, the history of the blues, about the history of the harmonicas. There were few. And, uh, and, and I started to... to to share this information, also, Ramone, uh, I wrote articles in magazines and 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 a couple of books. But just because I don't want that the young guys have the same the the same art road that I am when when I was young. I I, I thought it's my duty to share because some guy was a little you say well now. You have interest, yes, yeah, you know, Fabrizio is all in English, it's hard. It was hard also for me. <laughs> you know that for me in the beginning, just to read in English was not fun at all. <laughs> read dictionary, word dictionary, word dictionary. It, it took one month to, to read uh, a chapter, <laughs> not the book a chapter. So so I decided, and, and so the, the owner discovered how uh, how much work I did uh, about uh, spreading the words about the uh, the harmonica, the harmonica players, the the story of the harmonica, and they decided to give me an award for that. And 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 it was in a in a moment of my career that I didn't expect them. As I, as, I, as I was telling you, it was just what I felt like a, a duty toward a younger generation. Nothing more, nothing less. Well, it's still an accomplishment. I, and also the fact that you've actually written four books, I believe, yeah. about the blues and the harmonica. Um, you have had a very, very interesting career. <laughs> Thank you. 
And, and 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 the fact that you know you've partnered with Guy Davis and toured all over, all over the world. Yeah. Including gigging at the Carnegie Hall, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine me, <laughs> and after all this chatting, can you imagine? Can you imagine Fa- Fabrizio on the stage of the Carnegie Hall? That was uh, probably. Uh, Still today, I have to look at the pictures to say I was there. <laughs> no, but uh, it was completely. Uh, I was completely on a cloud. So it was a big experience, and all those musicians together, and also the sound of the clapping hands at the Carnegie Hall. I have read that the, the room has a, has a special acoustic and, and, and just a normal clapping hands seems much more. But I, I remember during the song that Guy and me were playing, I had a solo. And then the end, at the solo, the people clap, clap hand. And it was like something pushing me back. Something physical, you know, they, they, they have to, to make a couple of steps to uh, go back to, to, to the microphone. And so it was, it was really a big experience and, uh, and I still cherish it in my heart. And... Do you still have goals? Do you have other goals you want to reach? Because you've accomplished so much. Well, uh I didn't have <laughs> dream like the ones I lived <laughs> or goal or, or, or the goals I achieved. So <laughs> I went very much behind. So I don't want it. And because if, if, if I dream something uh, with the help of Angelina, later, <laughs> sooner or later happens. So, uh, I remember the day that I saw that I said to Angelina, "Well, to have uh, the Blind Boys of Alabama uh, uh, singing with with me was almost impossible." And then happening, and uh, and we are still uh, still friends. Those people that were were born on the other side of the. So sometimes we. Uh, we see each other once in a year, sometimes once in two years. But every time since that we are friends growing up together. So it's simply beautiful. I don't, I don't, I don't want to dream. Uh, I, I don't want to dream too much because <laughs> now I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to wrap this up, but let me ask you one more question. Do you have a philosophy? In, in the way that you play, in the way that you approach music? Well, but to call it a philosophy may, may be too much, but I, I always try to touch people's hearts. Always. And when I can, sometimes, it's an amazing moment. And uh, as you probably understood my keyword is honesty mm-hmm. if you are true uh, to yourself 
people will feel it. And uh, people like to, to see your soul when you perform. And, and I always say also to young musicians, be yourself. Think of the great bluesmen, Muddy Waters, Howling Wolf, B.B. King, John Lee Hooker. They were just unique. They have just their own voice. So, and, uh, and, and, and always uh, I tell everybody that I, I, I really uh, try to stay uh, simple and humble and to love and, and respect people that come to my shows, to be nice with them. Because, Marco, they often tell me some precious words that keep me going on when the wind of life sometimes blows too hard against me. Mm -hmm. I had also dark moments. and But the blues really taught me to play from the heart. Always, and it works in every place in the world. Maybe then they, they don't understand your Italian, your English, uh, but if you play from the heart, you, you, you will be friend with that people for the rest of your life. It's amazing when you think about that little kid watching <laughs> the band's last waltz and how that moment changed you and, and the path that it's taken you on. Yeah. And, yeah. and the experiences that you've had, which is phenomenal. No, no. Thank you so much for doing this, Fabrizio. Thank you, Marco. Thank you a lot for inviting me uh, at your show. And My pleasure. My pleasure was all mine. And it really means a lot to me. Also, also things like this. Also, this question. Sometimes uh, people... Uh, I'm not very interested to know how how hard was my my road to the Carnegie Hall, and, and but sometimes I because I like to know the story behind behind the musician behind the song. So where people ask me about that, I don't know. so thank you very much. Thank you. Mm-hmm.